I'm back. And the Miami Hurricanes just landed one of the top edge rushers in the class of 2024. From the Windy City to the Magic City, Marquise Lightfoot, welcome to the U! You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Finally back from vacation. Thank you for your patience. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. What an important recruiting dub for Miami on July 3rd, landing Marquise Lightfoot. Because, yeah, Miami had some misses earlier on in the weekend. But the four-star edge rusher, consensus top 75 player in the entire class out of Kenwood Academy in Chicago, Lightfoot chose Miami over Ohio State and USC. Specifically, Ohio State is where the real battle was because uh, the Buckeyes were considered strong favorites to land Lightfoot up until literally hours before his announcement, right? It was a few hours before Lightfoot announced, uh, around 5.30 p.m. on Monday, that we started to see the crystal balls flipping, Steve Wiltfong starting to raise his confidence. Uh, so it sounds like that one, the coaching staffs between Miami and Ohio State were battling throughout the day and throughout the recent weeks there. And this is a big get for Miami. Marquis Lightfoot, six foot five. 225 pounds and he's got a six foot nine wingspan so that wingspan is one of those things that makes him a really high touted edge rushing recruit and this is a big one for Jason Taylor this becomes the first verbal commitment that we can directly credit to coach Taylor I'm sure he's had his hand in especially some of the St. Thomas Aquinas players Miami has landed uh, but this is a player at JT's position group Congratulations to Coach Taylor, because I'm sure when you're a new position coach in college football, it's got to be a great feeling to, to land the first verbal commit to your position group. And this is a player JT is excited to work more with, and Lightfoot is really excited to be coached by Taylor, because that's one of the first stories that Lightfoot told after picking Miami was giving tons of credit to Jason, because he's had a chance on unofficial visits and his official visit to go through workouts and be coached up a little bit by Jason Taylor and something that he shared with us was that you know early on in his recruiting process he learned some pass rushing moves from JT the Hall of Famer that Lightfoot didn't already have in his arsenal JT taught him some moves and then Lightfoot started to use those new moves in camps later on in his recruitment and then he realized how well those techniques work so he's like wow this guy has already taught me a few things that are making me a better player and a better edge rusher I'd like to be coached up by this guy full-time and Lightfoot as you would expect he comes off an awesome junior season in high school last year 122 tackles 15 TFL nine sacks he's versatile and again, we say that about, I don't know, pretty much any of the guys that have verbally committed to Miami to this point. They love versatility. He can line up as a traditional defensive end or a stand-up pass rusher. Athleticism for Marquis Lightfoot, it tests through the roof. And he's got more room to add weight onto his frame. I mentioned he's around 225 pounds. It's six foot five. He's going to get heavier. Uh, but he's got quickness that just jumps off the page. 
Uh, and when we talked about Marquise Lightfoot last week with our recruiting expert, Brian Smith, one of the things that Brian told us during his scouting report of Lightfoot is that Marquise probably reminds Jason Taylor of a young version of himself. So I'm sure that's one of those things that the two of them bonded over. So this is a big get Marquise Lightfoot to the U. And listen, yeah, it does feel good to finally win a recruiting battle against Ohio State. The war is not over, though. We know that, right? Because, you know, Ohio State has won most of the skirmishes to this point, okay? The night before Miami landed Lightfoot, OSU scored a verbal commit from five-star defensive tackle Justin Scott. That one hurt. That one got the fan base really upset because Miami had been favored for about two and a half months. They'd been the trending favorites to land Scott. Uh, I admit, man, uh, some people think, hey, the reason why Dono was off for five days was he was hiding, right? Miami missed on a bunch of guys and Dono is nowhere to be found. I was on vacation, guys. I, I hide from nothing, okay? And yes, I expected Miami to land a verbal from Justin Scott at some point. We didn't even know he was going to do it on, what was it, July 2nd or July 1st. We, his timing was a complete mystery. And that one that one surprised me. I thought Miami would ultimately, and heck, it's not over, right? But you know, I thought Miami would ultimately land up landing Justin Scott. Um, you know, and what made that sting even worse was missing out on Scott, the five-star defensive tackle, was when he talked about picking Ohio State, he actually tabbed Michigan as coming in second place, not Miami, right? So uh, that's a battle Miami so far has lost. The war is not over, but the battle was lost. Miami's going to attempt to wrestle away five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State. That won't be easy. Miami's competing with Ohio State and many others for five-star receiver Jojo Trader. Miami would love to land five-star edge rusher Dylan Stewart. He's been recently crystal balled to the Buckeyes. So yeah, the wars with Ohio State will rage on. Miami's competing head-to-head -head with Ohio State, you know, Florida State, Florida for a lot of recruits, and the Buckeyes are favored to win most of these moving forward. But folks, the craziness of the past several days, good and bad, I think that they've taught us that recruiting battles can change in a matter of hours, okay? Now, it wasn't just Marquise Lightfoot who picked Miami over the weekend. Miami also did land a flip of another player from St. Thomas Aquinas. That's a pipeline that's growing here. I want to talk more about O.J. Frederic. Romanus Frederic goes by O.J. And I want to answer some of your questions on this episode as well. Uh, including, uh, you know, we're not we're not hiding from the bad news because Miami did miss out on a couple of players last weekend that I expected Miami to land. So the light foot thing was great, but it's not all great. Uh, so we'll talk about the bottom line in recruiting and we'll talk about who might be next. Right. Because there's a number of really important Miami targets who are probably going to be announcing later this month. July is always a busy month when it comes to verbal commits, so we'll tell you which battles are still out there that Miami is going to try to win. We're only getting started. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And be sure you're keeping it locked to FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in, in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, okay? That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And that's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, 
You can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. And for the everydayers, if you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, you want to join our official SMS texting service through subtext. I'm including a link in the show description below. Boy, the subtext, even while I was on vacation, I was updating the subtext, and it was crazy, right? When Miami missed out on Ja'Cory Barney, who we'll talk about, and Justin Scott and Schmo everyone's freaking out and then Miami gets lightfoot we're all celebrating uh on the SMS service subtext I send you guys text messages directly from my phone to your phone breaking news recruiting scoops show updates and previews those who are on the subtext group you got a preview for my show notes for this episode before this episode dropped so if you want to join completely free for 14 days and then if you want to you can opt in for 4.99 a month I am including the link in the show description below, okay? All right. So um, Miami got some good news on Marquise Lightfoot. And earlier in the weekend, my own, Miami also flipped three-star St. Thomas Aquinas cornerback, Romanus O.J. Frederic. They flipped him from his West Virginia commitment. I like this player a lot. Six foot tall, 170 pounds, and suddenly we see Miami building a St. Thomas Aquinas pipeline. Uh, this commitment just happened a few days after Ryan Mack, who Miami landed from St. Thomas, and then you land Ramadis Frederic. Um, I asked Brian Smith about this player, and he wrote about him, did Brian, at allhurricanes.com, so I encourage you to check that out. Uh, he definitely projects Frederic to become an outside corner because he's got the length, right? He's still got to develop. He's got to round out certain areas of his game. But Frederic uh, is not projected to be a nickel or someone who moves to safety. Uh, Brian does expect Frederic to become an outside corner. And if he develops properly, he can end up being a starter. OK, here are his best attributes. Bump and run coverage uh, when he turns to sprint with a receiver. Very good burst to not only stay close, but be right next to the pass catcher. In-game speed is going to help him earn interceptions and pass breakups. He's also feisty. When Federic goes up against bigger and stronger wide receivers, can make plays with his physical nature, jump ball situations in particular, show him making a play on the ball. Uh, Brian writes, he's also a willing tackler. Not all cornerbacks like to be involved with the run game, but Federic will be a physical player, he writes. So, uh, oh, and I got to give him, man, I... This is what happens when I'm out of town for a few days. Hold on. Romanus O.J. Frederic, welcome to the U. Had to give the guy some love. Had to give him some love. I don't want him to be completely overshadowed by Marquis Lightfoot because I, I like these both. Now, if Miami hadn't landed Lightfoot on Monday, I would be doing a very different show today. <laughs> and I, I was looking at, man, I was looking at my Twitter mentions and my YouTube comments, and it was an absolute horror show, okay? Because, you know, maybe you guys haven't noticed this, but there, there are some haters out there, right? There are some Florida fans and Florida State fans, and heck, there's people within our own fan base, Miami fans, who are just super negative and depressed all the time. And so when Miami lost out on some players, some recruits over the weekend, I've got people in my mentions like, where is this clown? 
Why is Dono hiding? Miami's missing on recruits, and Dono's nowhere to be found. He's a coward. Uh, I'm on vacation with my family, bros. So if Miami hadn't landed Lightfoot on Monday, I'd be doing a very different show today, okay? I just came back last night from a six-day vacation, and if Miami hadn't gotten the Marquis Lightfoot commitment, today's show was going to be basically an exorcism for our fan base is what this would be, okay? Because it wasn't all good, all right? Over the weekend, Miami lost out to Pitt on three-star offensive lineman Moritz Schmoranzer, the Schmo. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Really nice young man. I wish him the best. I wish him nothing but the best, okay? Uh, we lost out uh, to Nebraska for four-star wide receiver Ja'Cory Barney, and that kid's right from our backyard, Miami Palmetto. He's going to the cornfields. Now, uh, in the case of Barney, it's really unfortunate, and this is not an excuse. I'm just telling you guys what happened here. It's really unfortunate that Miami got into his recruitment way too late, okay? They offered Barney just a few weeks ago while Nebraska had been working on this one for months. Same thing happened with Schmo on the offensive line. Miami got in the mix just a couple weeks ago, uh, whereas Pittsburgh had been recruiting him for months. So um, perhaps our coaches need to be a little bit more proactive in casting a wider net because uh, I think some of these late offers, guys that Miami got into really late for, uh, are the result of missing on some plan A guys. And then once you, you know, you go after the plan B option, sometimes you get in too late. Now, in some cases, plan A guys are players Miami has maybe already missed out on. But in other cases, plan A's are, you know, waiting until December to announce and you kind of want to, you know, get some other players as cushion beforehand. So you get in late for certain players. Um, it's not good. I'm just telling it like it is, because in a lot of Miami's misses, you can blame the scouting department, blame whoever you want to. But in a lot of Miami's misses, they just offer some of these players a few weeks ago and they lose out to teams that have been recruiting them for months. Uh, that was the case with Barney and that was the case with Schmo. But there's still L's, right? Especially Barney, right? It's still it's still a loss. This guy is, you know, 25 minutes away from your campus and you lose out to him to Nebraska. That one stings. And we all know wide receiver recruiting has been difficult, right? Uh, I love I'm so glad Chance Robinson is locked in because that's a four star legit guy out of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, but, you know, Miami has had a lot of other misses and a lot of other struggles landing four-star and five-star wide receivers it's been difficult uh and obviously a lot of these wide receivers want to see Miami's passing game have a pulse this year right they want to see Miami actually complete some passes score some touchdowns they want to wait to see Miami play some games this season because last year 19.4 points per game and it was really tough sledding okay uh now Justin Scott that was a tough one okay in the case of Justin Scott um Obviously, that changed in recent weeks, but I firmly believe at one point he wanted to be a Miami Hurricane as recently as a couple weeks ago. But a couple of important factors made a difference here with Justin Scott. Number one, his family did not want to leave, uh, didn't want him to leave the Midwest, I should say. Chicago kid. Now, I know Lightfoot as well as is a Chicago kid, but obviously distance is, you know, it, it plays a factor in certain players more than others. Distance was always a factor with Justin Scott, okay? That was something Miami had to overcome. That's something I thought Miami was going to overcome, but that was number one. Family did not want him to leave the Midwest. Number two, again, coming off a 5-7 and seven season, 
with less proven defensive line coaching, Scott ultimately gravitated towards a more proven commodity in Larry Johnson at Ohio State. So for as much as I sing the praises of Jason Taylor, who I think is going to be an awesome defensive line coach, there's one thing that the Hall of Famer doesn't have, and that's college coaching experience. He doesn't have experience. For certain players, that's going to be more of a factor than others. Where in the case of Marquise Lightfoot, Lightfoot saw, hey, I'm learning new techniques that are working from this guy. I want to learn more. In Justin Scott's case, he thought, you know what? I don't necessarily want to gamble with somebody who hasn't done this before. I'm going to go with the more proven commodity, right? They each made different choices for different reasons, okay? Um, I also think, though, guys, when we're on social media and we're on the message boards, right, the 24-7 boards and the on-three boards, I think it's hilarious to see college football fans complaining about NIL when 99% of us have no clue what sort of NIL battles are really happening behind the scenes. When Miami misses on a player, everyone, including our own fans, will say, the Canes are broke. They don't have any money. The NIL is dried up now. You know, that's what happened with Justin Scott, Ja'Cory Barney. Miami's broke. Our own fans are saying it. Rival fans are saying it. Everybody's making fun of Miami. Where's the NIL money? But then, a day later, Miami lands Marquise Lightfoot, and I see all these Buckeye morons who have no idea what's happening behind the scenes accusing Miami of buying him, right? I saw somebody on an Ohio State message board, like they offered him four times what Ohio State was offering him, like <laughs> fantasy. Like, I, I don't know where you're getting your information from. It's crazy, right? Which is it? Is Miami broke or is Miami buying players? Because it, it can't be both, right? So the narratives from fans are, are crazy, all right? So here's the bottom line. You're going to win some battles like Lightfoot. You're going to lose some battles. I will admit, so far, Miami, to this point in early July, they've lost a few more battles than I expected. I thought Miami would land Ja'Cory Barney. That was a shocker. I thought Miami was in better position for Justin Scott. It was surprising that we didn't even come in second for him, okay? So sometimes, sometimes the so-called experts get their predictions wrong. Sometimes that happens due to incompetence, arrogance, or... Sometimes you get told things by a recruit himself or by a coaching staff recruiting him that turn out not to be true, all right? Bad information can happen. This has been an especially tough cycle for predictions, right? I mean, have you guys noticed how many Steve Wiltfong crystal balls have been missing lately? <laughs> this guy's usually the top predictor. Now it's pure chaos out there when Wiltfong is getting all these things wrong, okay? So, and let's also remember, with it being July right now, We've got a long way to go until National Signing Day. You think about battles, Miami. Let's talk on the other side about some recruiting battles that Miami is still in and some players that we're still in the mix for uh, even in the month of July, but a handful of these won't decide until later on. We're only getting started, folks. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, guys, uh, later on this week, I want to take a deeper dive on Miami's running back room, and I want to take a deeper dive on Miami's defensive backfield. You know we're going to talk more recruiting. I think our pal Brad Tejeda is going to join us at some point this week. Brian Smith, our recruiting expert, is going to join us at some point this week. we got a lot to talk about with those guys because – we got a long way to go until National Signing Day. 
Uh, so Miami currently, according to 24 uh, seven, the hurricanes have the number 20 class in the country right now, 15 verbal commits four four stars, 11, three stars, no five stars, at least not yet. Uh, but obviously with Lightfoot, especially and Frederic uh, being number 20 right now, I think they were 28 uh, late last week, early this week. So the class is moving up and I do expect it to continue to move up higher in the rankings. And there are certain players that Miami's in the mix for that are not going to decide until probably around December, right? Players like five-star wide receiver, Jojo Trader, five-star safety, Zaquan Patterson. These are players that Miami's been trending pretty well for, but we have a long way to go. Okay. Nobody, not even the guys who are verbally committed already. Nobody can sign a national letter of intent until December at the earliest. So you're going to be battling to flip players who are committed elsewhere. You're going to be battling for uncommitted players. And you're also going to be battling to keep your own players from flipping because that's going to be happening. Other schools are going to try to flip your guys. So I think we can all agree that if Miami can put a strong season together this fall, that's going to go a long way towards impressing your recruits and finishing with a stronger class. And then on the flip side, another five and seven type season could cause your current class to fall apart because, you know, you could have one bad year last year, but if you do that again, you know, things could come apart at the seams, but so many top recruits are still in play. I, I mentioned five stars, Jojo trader and his Shamanad teammate, five-star safety, Zaquan Patterson are still in play. Five-star defensive tackle Kamari and Franklin is still out there. Looks like Miami versus Tennessee for him. The Hurricanes are putting a lot of work into his recruitment. Four-star defensive tackle Artavius Jones, who had a very good official visit to Miami a couple of weeks ago. Miami's been trending for him. Artavius Jones is still undecided. He could be deciding at some point this month. We thought it might be yesterday. Didn't happen yesterday. Could be later this month when he decides. Five-star edge Dylan Stewart, still out there uncommitted, although he does seem to be trending to Ohio State. But they all said the same thing about Marquise Lightfoot. Things can change. Uh, this is one that I'm really cautiously optimistic about. Four-star tight end Devon Mitchell. He's deciding in a few days on July 8th. Now, Mitchell, uh, he's class of 2025, but there have been some rumors about him possibly reclassifying to 2024. And, you know, in a matter of the next three days, we're going to know if it's Miami or somewhere else. But he has been trending towards Miami. Offensive lineman Derek Plaz is announcing on Friday he's between Miami and NC State, okay? So, yes, over the past five days, we've had some tough recruiting losses. Big win with Lightfoot, nice win with Frederic. There are so many opportunities still up for grabs out there. Uh, let me answer a couple of you guys' questions. And make sure you guys can ask me anything, anytime, if you join our subtext SMS service. I include the link in the show description below to sign up for our subtext group. You can also ask me anything on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes, and we will follow you back. I was a little bit behind on followbacks over the weekend, but I think I got caught up today. We will follow you back if you follow us on Twitter. We get a question from Q. Q says, hey, so with Scott, Justin Scott committed to Ohio State, who is our biggest uh, defensive tackle and defensive end target now? Uh, uh, so Q... Target one is five-star Kamari and Franklin. That's someone who, kind of like Marquise Lightfoot, has good rapport with Jason Taylor. 
He's had some really good Miami visits. He's coming back this weekend for another unofficial visit. Miami's been trending pretty well with Kamari and Franklin battling Tennessee for him, but he is by far our biggest defensive line target at this point. Uh, we get a question from Ray J's vocal coach who says, it's a little bit hard to tell who Miami fans are right now. If it's your team, it's your team. We ride with who wants to come. None of the potential recruits want to see us crying every other day. <laughs> Tighten up. Um, I, I think there is something to be said there because, you know, high school recruits, they spend a lot of time on social media, right? I know this because when I write tweets about high school recruits, oftentimes I get followed by those players. And I'm happy to be, of course, because, you know, I, I follow recruiting. So I'm happy that they follow me. Uh, some of my tweets get liked or retweeted by these players. And I see them liking and retweeting others. The point is, these guys are connected. They see what we're saying, okay? Like, they see what the pulse of the fan base is. They don't want to see you cry, <laughs> all right? And if you're a Miami fan, you're ride or die. And another thing that people have to remember, I think this is funny, is, you know, Miami misses out on Ja'Cory Barney and Justin Scott. And, like, I see people, like, changing their win-loss predictions for next year. Like, oh, we're another four and eight, five and seven season coming up. And I'm like, wait, these players have nothing to do with next year. These guys wouldn't even be on campus until 2024. Like, that should have no impact on your win-loss predictions. <laughs> like, let the season play out. Because, again, if Miami has a really good season, that's going to help you in recruiting. Now, if Miami has a really bad season, it's going to hurt you. But if you have, if you improve on last year, it can only help you in recruiting, okay? Uh, we get a question from G who says, um, do you think we will still land a top 10 recruiting class? If so, what are the pieces we have to have? Um, obviously, yeah, Miami's not trending top 10 right now, of course, number 20. But it's still, it's still possible. I believe like last year, you probably got to land – multiple five stars like you had Okun Lola and Mauingoa last year um, so you look at players like Kamari and Franklin who we talked about um, Jojo Trader Zaquan Patterson you probably got to land two of those guys maybe three of those guys to have a top 10 class again and you know obviously you have to fill out with more four-star players because I think you've got what is it four four stars and 11 three stars right now it's attainable. Like a top 10 class is absolutely attainable for Miami, even if they're not trending that way right now. If you can win some of these important battles, you can absolutely still get there. And again, it's only July. They've got a long way to go before National Signing Day. Get a question from Ben, who says, oh, you know what? I, I want to circle back to this one because this one is about uh, a pretty in-depth question about the season coming up. And I want to make sure I devote more time to answer this, um, get a question from Cosmo who says, hey, any of Miami's cornerbacks standing out this summer? Uh, the guy that I've heard probably the most praise for, um, someone who was not around for spring football, he enrolled in the summer, Robert Stafford. Robert Stafford has been getting a lot of praise from people who have been following Miami's offseason program. Uh, that's the incoming true freshman out of O'Galley or O'Galley on the Space Coast. I never know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he's, you know, from that part of Florida, uh, he's been looking really good. If you go back to spring, uh, you know, Daryl Porter, uh, I think improved a lot uh, from, from what we saw last season in spring. And Devontae Brown, the transfer from UCF. And I think Damari Brown, his younger brother, is also doing really well. But I hear good things about the Browns, and I hear really good things about Rob Robert Stafford. And I hope to hear more about a guy like, uh, Jadavius Richard and Demetrius Freeney, some of the, the other newer guys to come in. I'll see if I can get more information on them. Got a question from Jay Squeeze. 
Jay Squeeze says, who's going to be the Tank Dell for Shannon Dawson this year at Miami? So Tank Dell, of course, star slot receiver from Houston, had a, just a record-setting year, phenomenal year with the Houston Cougars under Shannon Dawson's tutelage. Um, I would say, honestly, uh, and it may, it may his potential will not be fully realized year one, but I think the Tank Dell 2.0 for Dawson is going to be Ray Ray Joseph. I think Ray Ray reminds me a lot of Dell, another smaller frame guy, but top end speed, great twitchiness and quickness. So I think, you know, if if Tank Dell is looking over, or sorry, if uh, if Shannon Dawson is looking over his roster and evaluating these guys, you know, you got some good slot receivers, right? Because obviously Xavier Restrepo is a somewhat proven commodity. Brashard Smith it can be a weapon. Um, but I think he looks at a guy like Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph and he's like, yes, that is the chosen one. That is my next tank, Dell. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We will answer more of your questions throughout the week. So make sure you join our subtext community completely free for 14 days. That if you want to opt in $4.99 a month, you can click the link in the show description below. You can tweet us at Locked on Canes. If you follow us there, we will follow you back and we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. Welcome, Marquis Lightfoot. Welcome, O.J. Frederic. Hopefully more to come later this week. Alex Donna with you. Another episode of Locked on Canes coming your way later on right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.